Hi, I'm Jim Harris. I'm founder and managing partner of Dynatos Global, a spirit-led strategic consultancy based out of Pensacola, Florida. And I'm also a minister of the Jesus Christ CEO Institute. And today's message I have for you that the Lord gave me is entitled, The Power of His Presence. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions as we get into the message. What does it look like for you? What does it look like for me when we lead, when we work in our businesses in the full presence of the power of Jesus, of the power of Holy Spirit? What does that look like? What might we do differently than maybe what we're doing now if we did walk in the full presence? And finally, is it possible for you, for me, to truly walk in the full presence of Holy Spirit in business? Well, that's what we're going to look at over the next few minutes. Three, three things we're going to do. I want to take a snapshot and what Jesus did in his first true public display of ministry after he came out of the desert, because it's a marketplace breakthrough. Number two, I'm going to share with you the different ways that Jesus, Jesus himself, manifested a different approach, the presence of Holy Spirit in the marketplace. And then third, I'm going to give you a few quick case studies, little 60-second bite-sized case studies of companies and men and women already doing this. So, John 2, John 2, just going to look at three verses, starting in chapter 13. Here's the backdrop. Jesus has been baptized by the apostle John. He went into the desert 40 days, and he came out with a full anointment. Now he has the full presence of the power of heaven as he walked out of that desert. Went to Capernaum, went to a wedding, did a small miracle compared to what he would do later. A few people saw it started recruiting some fishermen, and now he's going into Jerusalem. Let's pick up on John 2, 13. Remember that he's just now in his full anointment of his assignment. John 2, starting in verse 13, the Jewish feast of Passover was near, so Yeshua went up to Jerusalem, just like he had done for decades. He's now 30 years old, but this is the first time he's coming to the Passover, the annual festival, with the full presence. Number two, second thing, second verse, verse 14. Now, in the temple, in the outside the temple area, not in the synagogue, but outside the temple area, he found the merchants selling oxen, sheep, and doves. Also, the money changers, the bankers were sitting there. What he saw, the very first thing he saw before he went to the synagogue to worship was the evil, corrupt, economic and political and religious systems that were thwarting the entire Jewish nation. Not only were the Romans suppressing the Jews with overwhelming taxes, but also the Pharisees and the Sadducees were also taxing them, taking money from them all year round. And now the money changers were evil and taking any, even more money from these people. They were evil bankers, representing an evil, evil economic system. So here's the next verse, verse 15. What did Jesus do? John 2, 15. He then made a whip of cords. Do you think that made a statement right there? He's now putting together a cat of nine tails, a whip. At Passover, in the full marketplace, hundreds of thousands of people in Jerusalem. 
and he drove them all out of the temple, both the sheep and the oxen. And here's what he did. He dumped out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Now, step back. Here's what that represented. Those money changers had a big wooden desk. This is the setting. Big wooden table. They had one drawer in that table. And when that opened that drawer, that drawer was called the Italian word banca. When money changers went out of business, what they did to represent them going out of business, others went and turned over their table. They ruptured the business. They were bankrupt. The very first thing Jesus did in the full presence of Holy Spirit was go directly in the marketplace and transform. We're doing business a new way. We're doing business a different way. That was his first fully public statement in the marketplace to the economic system. He was a marketplace disruptor from his very first major public event. Now, I'm not suggesting you go get a bullwhip and walk through your office and turn over tables to get people's attention. That's not the point. But here is the point. When Jesus saw what was happening in the marketplace all around him, and when he heard from heaven, he only did what the Father told him to do. He only said what the Father told him to say through the Holy Spirit channel, if you will, of dialing into Holy Spirit and having Holy Spirit tell him what the Father wanted done. His very first public act was a massive marketplace disruption. Now, let's look at what Jesus really did as this marketplace disruptor, how he said, I want to transform what was happening in my marketplace in the full presence. Here's five ways that Jesus did his work differently. You might want to jot these down because these are just examples of how he lived his life throughout the last three years of his ministry on earth. First, Jesus swam upstream. He refused to just simply follow and go along. He refused to blend in when it was time to make a radical change, a radical shift. In fact, Jesus swam upstream so often, many times he operated in the presence of Holy Spirit, opposite of the environment. When his own fishermen, his own disciples were scared on a boat, that was, their, that was the way they lived, that was their lifestyle, their business, and they were afraid of a storm, he was in the opposite spirit. He was sleeping and he calmed the storm. So Jesus often swam upstream. Is there something in your marketplace? Maybe it's time for you and your business to consider swimming against the flow. That's exactly what Sam Walton did when he founded Walmart. He was interviewed and said, why are you going into the small towns? Everybody else is going to the big cities. He said, if everybody's going in one direction, there's great opportunity in the other. A second way that Jesus did his work differently was that he refused to patch old systems. We all know the story of Mark 2.22. You do not put new wine in old wineskins because it ruins the wine and the wineskin can't handle it. It might be time for you to step back just like Jesus did. He saw a system, but he refused to patch it. He wasn't just putting Band-Aids on something that needed to be radically transformed. So he refused to patch old systems. Perhaps it's time for you to think about that in your own business, the way you're doing things. Instead of patching old, maybe it's time, number three, what Jesus did to drive real change, not moderate, 
not incremental change. Sometimes that's exactly right. That's, that's what quality improvement is. Many times quality improvement is just simply 1%, 2% at a time. That's perfectly acceptable. But there are times, there are times when it's time for real change under the full presence and power and anointing only if the Lord tells you to do it. It's time for real change, for example. In John 6, 60, after he told his disciples, now it's time and what we're going to do now, this is what you're called to do, is to eat my flesh and drink my blood. His disciples in John 6, 60 said, Ooh, Rabbi, this teaching is hard. Sometimes it's time for us in our businesses under the full presence to do the hard thing, to go ahead and drive and be real, willing and ready to drive real change. That's the third way Jesus did business differently. First was swimming upstream. Second, he refused to patch old systems. And third, he drove real change. Here's two more for you to reflect on. Two of them, as we say, salah, just reflect and meditate. The fourth way Jesus did business differently is that he embraced unconditional approaches, unconventional and unconditional approaches. In fact, in Luke 9, when he was sending out the 10 disciples, he said, take no food, take no money, take no sandals, take no clothes, take nothing with you and go. The very next chapter in Luke 10, he sent out the 72 and said the same thing. Take no money, take no extra sandals, and in our case, don't take any extra clothes or underwear or socks, you just go. That was a pretty unconventional approach. Now, I've flown here to Southern California to tape right here at Holy Spirit Television Network. And if my advisors said, don't take any clothes, don't take any bags, don't take any money, don't take anything, I would have thought they're crazy. But that's what Jesus took, an unconventional approach to prove this, that under his presence and their anointing, they can do all things. And finally, number five, one of the ways that Jesus did business differently is that he invented the future instead of just simply redefining the past. He did not want to just redefine what had already been done. In fact, he wanted to invent the future. Luke 22, 30 is very specific when he was telling his disciples, I'm presenting to you a better covenant, a better covenant. This is what we're doing from now on. The old covenant was magnificent, but here is a better covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. Those are five ways that Jesus did business differently in the full presence and power of Holy Spirit, the presence of heaven. Now, what are some examples of companies doing that right now? You may be saying, well, that's a little bit too much for me. I'm not sure I'm ready to do that. Well, yes, you are. In just a minute, I'll share with you why. Here's some examples of companies that I know that I've worked with myself, still working with many of these companies, that they are redefining their marketplace because they are living in the full presence and the power of Holy Spirit through them and through their business. Example, an interna one international tax and accounting firm. And what they do at this firm, they're redefining what accounting and tax management looks like for clients. They have an approach that they call generosity pricing. That's how they go about setting their fees for all the clients. It's not just one size fits all. It's not always just to maximize an hourly rate. They're more, they're more, uh, they're more about the relationship 
And particularly during COVID, we're just coming out of COVID. During COVID, they adjusted their prices because they want their clients to feel comfortable. And sometimes the clients are charged a little bit more, sometimes it's less, but it's a very generous. They're not trying to take the client for everything that they can, that other firms would. And their re retention and their loyalty is two to three times what the average accounting firm is. They're seeing the payoff through a generosity pricing system that's radically different than other accounting systems. Or the company that is a real estate developer and they take this approach. Their purpose is to redeem the land for Christ. And instead of coming into properties and transforming properties for maximum profit, oh, they're profitable. And they're always going to look at doing a business well and doing it to honor the Lord. There will be a return on their investment. But sometimes what they'd rather do is not take a profit, just make enough money, because in the end, what they want to do is that all may prosper. In this particular case, for this particular house, for this particular situation, they will cut back their overall profit so that that person can be blessed of the Lord. They want to be a blessing so that all may prosper. And you know what? Through this approach, through this approach, they are growing in leaps and bounds because the Lord says, well done. You're, walk you're walking and working in my full presence, and I will bring to you the great properties to help transform. They've taken a different approach to their marketplace. Or about the financial planner, who I personally use, who walked away from traditional financial planning where let's find the, the right kind of investments where we can maximize our profits with any company that's doing well. And whoever they support, be it Planned Parenthood or others, that's fine with us. We just want to maximize our profit. And this financial planner said, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. He walked away from a very successful business. He said, I'm only now going to invest my clients' monies in what's called biblically responsible investing, BRI. And do you know, in my own personal experience, I personally took that step with him a couple of years ago, that my portfolio now, because he now he heard Holy Spirit say, don't invest in those anymore. Come invest in companies that do not violate biblical principles. Radically different than the financial marketplace that my portfolio has outperformed the S&P 500 for two years. I believe he's running a blessed business because he refused to patch an old system, he is redefining what it means to be a financial planner. Or about the law firm, the national law firm that focuses on family law, but they take a different approach. Instead of focusing on family law with, let's make this divorce as painful as we can. Let's split these families. Let's drag this kid and put this kid over here where the kid may not belong. Their approach is no. We want to restore the families. We want to find good Christian-based homes for these children. Their approach is radically different than most law firms, in fact, almost all, because they want to restore, not tear apart. That's what this man's anointment is. He is really swimming upstream in terms of what most law firms want to do, and his firm is very successful. Lawyers are being attracted to that all over the country, and we know that this will soon be a huge national firm that brings heaven to earth through family restoration instead of tearing them apart. These are just a few examples of some men and women already working in the full presence in their business, through their business. 
And many of them have employees that are not believers, but they are also being blessed. And they're seeing the blessing of the Lord in what they do every day and how they grow and also how the environment, the atmosphere of that business is so profoundly different than others. So what's available in the workplace? What does it look like? What's available to you if you decide to fully work in the presence of Holy Spirit in your sphere of influence? Here's just a few things that are available. How about this? Purpose, provision, innovation, creativity, transformation, reconciliation, destiny, vision, truth, wisdom, knowledge, discernment, faith, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, thoughtfulness, self-control. All of this and so much more is available to you as a businessman, as a businesswoman, as a leader. When you say, yes, I'm going to take this step. I want to be just like Jesus. I want to work in the full presence of the Holy Spirit power in my marketplace. Can you do it? Yes, you can. Is it available to you as a believer in Jesus? It's, very, it's already there. What you need to do, like I have learned to do, is to begin to manifest it. Bring it out. Let other people see it. But it's not about what other people seeing. It's doing the will of the Father, hearing the voice of Holy Spirit, obeying Him and everything that He says, even if it sounds crazy, like you need to pay your taxes, go fishing. That's crazy. But when Holy Spirit says go fishing to pay your taxes, go. Go. That's very unconventional. And yet that's a very profound way to manifest the power of Holy Spirit. So if you're like these other men and women that I know and have worked with, and if you want to be more like Jesus in the marketplace, you too can be a marketplace disruptor in your sphere of influence. You can come in and shift the atmospheres, shift entire industries, but you can't do it by yourself. Jesus did not go to the temple before he came out with the full power. He waited for the full power, the full presence, and then he was on his assignment. So I want to pray for you right now as we close this message on the power of his presence in the business arena. I just want to pray that you step now, that today is a step forward for you into that full presence to manifest your assignment that God has already pre-prepared for you, already prepared the resources, Tune in and listen, and then you can be a marketplace disruptor just like Jesus. Father, I thank you for those that have listened to this message. May the spirits welling up in them now saying, hey, yeah, I can do that. That's available. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's exactly what Jesus did in the marketplace. I can do that too through his power, not mine, but through his power. So, Father, I pray, I pray, Holy Spirit, fall in fullness. Anyone that's lacking out there, anyone that's doubting, today is the day that that doubt is cast aside. I say, friends, open your arms, open your hands and say, I receive the fullness of your presence for the work you've assigned me to do. Show me the fullness of your presence. Drop the fullness of your presence in me, around me, so that I can do everything that you've called me to do, Jesus, so that I can hear from you one day. You listened to me. You followed my advice. You shifted atmospheres. You shifted entire economies through the power of my presence. Well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name.
Amen. That's my prayer for you. Believe, you receive, and you will. And as I like to say to everyone I ever meet, hashtag be led. Just simply be led by Holy Spirit. May God bless you.